Hello. Hello, hello. Oi, governor. Oi, oh, is that Harry Potter? No, this is Hermione. I was talking about the other one. I uh, was pointing, but it's an audio medium, so it didn't quite come through. Oh, and I'm just a classic narcissist, so I thought you were talking about maze. All right, thank you. That was another like trial run cold open. We're seeing if we can offend our British audience today. Oh, I was doing an Australian accent. Mm. Well, we don't have any Australian listeners, so we might. Uh, no, our data doesn't say that we do. Well, they might be Australian living somewhere else, you mm, know, an expat. Fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that said, hello and welcome back. We are the Tough Cut Podcast, and I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. And I'm Hermione. <laughs> you had to think about whether or not you were going to say Jake or Hermione. I could tell. I did. That little pause. That little I did. pause there. I did. And I felt like, you know, the soul of Hermione took over me. I'm Jakers. Was, you Jakers. know. <laughs> wow, they, they were really left in suspense not knowing which it was. <laughs> um, and this is episode 84, part three of our Childhood Fears bracket. So it should be a lot of fun spooky scary these are movies that scare us as kids yeah Yeah. and we're gonna be spoiling them also so we're gonna be spoiling your therapist's notes when you talk about what scared you as a kid we're just gonna be spoiling those it's gonna be a hipaa violation that we know so much about what you talk about (laughs) your therapist with yeah shout out to our intern for getting that research um we got another new fresh intern baby but they might be going to federal prison later this week yeah 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 yeah. but so worth it for the tough cut you know (laughs) you guys were so on the ball i didn't even get to call out what uh is coming at them in this episode uh, we've got Pan's Labyrinth versus Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in the oh, first half of the episode. And then in the second half, we've got Killer Clowns from Outer Space versus Coraline. Oh, scary. Lots of fun. Um, a lot of alliteration in that round. Lots of alliteration all over the place. Pan and Potter, Killer Clowns, Coraline. Coraline. <laughs> uh, with that, Jake, do you want to go ahead and reintroduce Pan's Labyrinth? I sure do. Pan's Labyrinth it is directed by Guillermo del Toro. This is a 2006 movie, so post 9-11. And uh, it is about, uh, you know, it's in 1944. Allies have invaded uh, Europe, but we're in Spain here. Um, and a troop of soldiers are sent to a remote forest to flesh out the rebels. They're led by a very evil captain who uh, has a little girl it's not his girl it's uh through marriage and she uh finds this world and declared royalty in this fantastical world and has to do a slew of challenges to gain access to this world like kill a baby thank you yeah what's right. out though um <laughs> she does what's out <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the bracket we've got harry potter and the sorcerer's stone released in 2001 directed uh-huh. by chris columbus um harry potter his life sucks he's being raised by his mean old family but then it turns out he's a goddamn wizard and he gets whisked away to wizard school where he has wizard adventures with all his wizard friends unlike all you low-born stinky stinky muggles that don't get to go to wizard school. whoa whoa whoa, whoa you're, you're whoa, tripling whoa, whoa. that this is the third time you've brought up the <laughs> wizard slur in this bracket i don't Hey, yeah. that's just the way the the dice, baby. You want yeah. you want to know for me the scare one of the scariest parts about Harry Potter. I was thinking about this. Yeah, it's a little bit meta, but I'm going for it. 
that was that was the first Harry Potter, right? These are all like little kids. Mm. D- the director Chris Columbus has to wrangle a fuck ton of little kids on a professional set, keep them like focused, make sure there's a lot of group scenes with them. Yeah. Like in the older movies, all whenever they had little kids in the background, they're just like background actors, and he could just someone else could yell at them to shut the fuck up. But this one, he has to like care about. Every yeah. single little kid wrangle them. This is the first one. That's really scary. That's a tall task. Like shout out Chris Columbus for that. Did well, you watch the like new Harry Potter documentary that came out on HBO Max? Oh, the anniversary thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. Uh, the kids seemed like they like had a great time filming. They did not feel it seems like that they were like slaves working on this film set which no that's like kudos chris columbus because that's a that's a scary thing also really hilarious part about that documentary i don't know if you notice alex but uh obviously jk rowling's a piece of fucking shit and uh it was really funny because contractually they're obligated to include her in that documentary in that anniversary i mean obviously but they refused to actually interview her in current time and just use an old <laughs> interview. And you could see any time yeah. she shows up, which is sparingly, it says in a little corner, recorded like 2018 or something <laughs> before she said any stupid shit. I think, I mean, maybe not, but like, it's just really funny how they're really trying to be like, okay, but we didn't really include her after mm-hmm. she did all these like awful things up front. Yeah. Um, I just I laughed so hard when I saw her come up and just like in bold letters in the corner was recorded previously. <laughs> like, yeah, that's very good. Hilarious. And what I was going to throw out is that, well, you know, Chris Columbus, <laughs> he handled the little man himself, Kevin McAllister. So holy a shit. Wizard. Wow. Kids. <laughs> He's a pro. He Whoa. And Joe Pesci. I think Kevin McAllister was the first wizard. Was mm. That's true, because baby. he should be dead. Honestly, I think he's more like Jigsaw. Yeah. Is Jigsaw not magical? He knows a bunch of fucking shit that he shouldn't. Well, he's deistic, much like Kevin McAllister. I don't think you could say that. Oh, deistic. Okay. All right. Never mind. Jake Scratch out here thinking Matt's that. talking about Kevin McAllister's dick. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> anyway, um, Harry Potter versus Pan's Labyrinth. Let's get into it. Any... um off the cuff thoughts you guys want to want to break down well these both put chill like these are both interesting because we have like children at the core of it right this is like we have children protagonists and they both put these children in albeit a different tone for each but like a very serious fantastical world and thrown into it like harry potter doesn't know that fucking wizards exist and ophelia doesn't know that this other world exists. That I think that's like exist. The pale man exists. She's been protected oh, from that Jesus. Her whole life. The pale man, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, if the pale man existed in real life, I don't think I'd sleep. I'll be honest. Hey, as long as you don't draw a chalk door on your wall, he's not going to come. I out do that you, every you know? night. It's the only way I can sleep. So <laughs> that's it's true. A very I did live with you. Yeah. Um, no, but I just think it's so interesting that for childhood fears bracket, something that we were inherently afraid of as a, you know, the tough cut lads was being a kid and thrown into these, yeah, I mean, children, (laughs) other kids, I was bullied, (laughs) (laughs) other kids were scary, but yeah, as a kid being thrown into these very adult or just like crazy situations where you have to deal with like, it's almost like we're scared of adulthood in a way or like change, um, 
I think that's a really interesting point, specifically as it relates to Pan's Labyrinth, because I think that there are some possible readings of the movie having some subtext related to like loss of innocence and like the not coming of age, it's probably the wrong word. But, like, <laughs> um, Pan's Labyrinth's just a sweet little coming of age movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably how Del Toro would describe it. That fucking lunatic. I love him. (laughs) He's one of my favorites. But more generally on comparing the two in that sense, um, I think there is something to being a kid and seeing other kids like in intense situations that makes it like that much more real because you can. This is probably just true in general for people is that they find it most easy to empathize or put themselves in the shoes of people that are similar to themselves. It's why diversity is so important Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, people can more readily be like, hey, I'm a little kid. I may not be British, but I can imagine being tangled up in some worms that are trying to choke me. I'm a little kid with the allies and (laughs) in Spain, (laughs) you know. Yeah, it's just easier to put yourself in those shoes. And I think that's kind of one of the things that kind of that amps up the the intensity of some of those moments, um, especially for a child. Um, and I think it's something both of these movies do fairly effectively. And I think, too, that goes into like why. And we talked about this last time with Pan's Labyrinth, like why a kid would see that movie and think like, oh, yeah, this movie is like for me, this is a kid's movie. Um, like with it's like fantastical tone, seeing this like child protagonist. um, I just think, yeah, it's just so interesting that, like, they're also both Harry and Ophelia, like, they, they need an escape. They desperately need an escape yeah. uh, from their real, like, quote-unquote real-life scenario. For Harry Potter, it's a little bit more concrete that it's real. If they put, if J.K. Rowling pulled the whole, it was all a dream in the cupboard, like, that, there's a stupid fan theory that always goes around. It's like, dumb, hate it. Um, <laughs> but, like, with, obviously, Pan's Labyrinth is a little more, you know... It's not as cut and dry that what she's experiencing. Yeah. Um, And I just think it's like so I because I was thinking of another movie that I almost put on this list, but I I tended to not like fear it as much, but it did put like some level of fear in me. Um, It's one of my favorite movies of all time, Spirited Away. And that movie is kind of scary. Like when I first like watch it, it could be overwhelming. The monsters are fantastical, like all these different things. And it's because, you know, she's scared of moving and she's either creating this like world in her head or it's very real, but she still needs to learn how to like change and that change can be good. Um, but also sticking true to herself and blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that's a gross generalization of Spirited Away and its <laughs> themes, but like we're not talking about Spirited Away here in this bracket. So I had to. Uh, I just think it's really interesting as a kid. I, I guess I'm just speaking for myself. Like part of that fear is change and like getting away from your current like environment but we don't even know that we're like little kids and we're just like spooky images and (laughs) spooky whatever but it's a common thread um maybe we realize as adults when we're like afraid building on one of the thoughts you mentioned but going a little different direction related to this idea of escapism because these are two characters that it's pretty well established like they certainly need an escape from some part of the hand they are dealt mm-hmm. harry potter pretty quickly moves from the shitty circumstance that harry is in um with his family that treat him very poorly mm-hmm. um to the mystical whimsical land of hogwarts whereas pan's labyrinth it is like the movie is that journey of mm-hmm. getting like achieving the escapism from your yeah. circumstances in what is like already living a horrific day-to-day life like living in you know fascist controlled spain with this sadistic um, man who is now your (laughs) stepfather 
Um, and the alternative is like you have to go toe to toe with terrifying beasts in a series of challenges for a mystical fawn. Like, shit, dude, if you made all this up in your head, girl, like, <laughs> yeah, but it's so crazy that she'd like rather do that stuff, you know, like she was like, sure, invested. She was like experiencing like the only time. Well, no, she was, she was pretty afraid for like some of it, but I feel like the only time she showed true, true fear was the pale man shit. I mean, obviously, that's scary. Yeah. But um, I feel like that's that's like that's childhood, though, this like idea of I am special, like I have an adventure waiting for me like that is such a common thing for children, you know, and I feel like that is what like part of what makes her so relatable is that like, yeah, she's trying to escape from this otherwise like terrible situation. But I feel like if there wasn't a terrible backdrop, she'd still look for that adventure. Like It's almost it's almost like she would rather like choose her fear choose the things that scare her you know like then having them forced upon her like because if it is truly in all her head she chose some scary shit to escape to you know like that's some that's still some scary shit yeah but she would rather do that like that's her yeah exactly i i think that some of it's also that like they're in what are truly horrible circumstances Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes like living under sadistic fascists kind of sucks and to like try and understand why humans would treat each other this way i think it's really hard to do especially for a child mm-hmm. so conceiving of like the mystical pale man who is like an arbiter of true morality he will leave you alone unless you steal from him in which case he's gonna sick you dead like mm-hmm. <laughs> is much easier to understand like why they may do that Though that interpretation certainly doesn't begin to tackle or explain the the fawn as a character, yeah, um, at all, yeah, fawn's the, the fawn so is interesting to me. Inherently deceptive, um, and kind of cute. <laughs> one of the the top letterbox <laughs> reviews for Pan's Labyrinth is: If this movie had been released in 2018, how many of you would have decided you wanted to fuck the fawn? And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, totally. Unfortunately, a high number, uh, a yeah. high high number, and there might be some pale man. Uh, oh, stands out there. They're oh, like, God, I, I hope not. <laughs> there is, I up. think, there might be nothing I want to see less than Pale Man fanfic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but imagine I Pale Man. Look. No, I don't. Pale Man X. Jake, I don't want to <laughs> imagine or that big frog. Hey, um, Harry Potter is <laughs> in Pan's Labyrinth. How he doing, <laughs> Matt? Matt, I'm steering us away from this conversation. Close the tab. Close the tab. Yeah, we shouldn't <laughs> touch that, man. This is the fa- this is the the voice of a man who has seen hell. Yeah. Look, I I look the pale man, like I haven't googled I, anything. Full disclosure audience. The pale man already looks like an uncircumcised penis. Jake, please let's move on. <laughs> anyway, Harry Potter. Harry um, Potter is in Pan's Labyrinth. How he doing? He's getting bodied, dude. I don't know. I don't he know. Got, about he got that. plot armor. Okay, plot, plot. so he, he dies. He's he chosen, dies and he's still fine. He's chosen. Oh, we're we talking about grown Harry Potter or Sorcerer's Stone both. Harry Potter? I think both. He's he dies as a kid, as a baby, and it's like, never mind, you're still fine. And then he dies as an adult, and it's like, just kidding, you're still fine. Yeah, Harry Potter can't like die. So, Harry Potter. Okay, but here, here's my <laughs> argument. Here's my argument. I, I need you to understand, Harry Potter. Learn slurs and is a cop. If he goes to a fascist held 
you know, I, I don't know if he's not joining the side of the people who are oh. siding with the Nazis. I'm no, just saying. I, mean, I don't think he's making good decisions. Okay. But, like, I, I think he joins the fascists, right? Like, <laughs> oh God. that's how hey, he survives. He believes the, the rhetoric for sure. Right. Look, admittedly, Harry, given the in context of the Harry Potter universe, given the opportunity to join the wizard fascists, he didn't. That's true. Oh, right. And remember, he did free a slave by giving Just him a one. sock. <laughs> Just one, though. Just one. Just one slave. And, and he, he was, was a fine with normal slave. Doesn't his word. like his? Yeah, it was a special slave. <laughs> Do you remember like in Sirius Black's like house, his rich ass, you know, Godfather? He also has a fucking Dobby guy creature. His name is one literally creature, rude as hell. I bet his name's <laughs> actually like Joe, but they call him Creature, some shit. And uh, Harry doesn't free him. Well, yeah, but he wants to serve. Whatever, that's, dude. That, that's one of like the big things with the house elves is like it's a plot in one of the books. Her, uh, Hermione is like, we should free all the house elves. And everyone laughs at her. They're like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. They want to be. <laughs> they want. Well, then free people. them. And then if they want to do it, they'll still do it. It'll be a job. <laughs> nah we just <laughs> overrated like um, and also like Sirius Black is rich his family is rich the whole Potter the Potters are like they rich too yeah dude they, they're like literally also not it doesn't get they don't get into it in this movie but the <laughs> fact that the Weasleys are like dirt fucking poor and Harry is fabulously wealthy and never helps his best friend out is <laughs> not his actual best insane. friend it was all a ploy because he wanted to fuck Jenny this whole time <laughs> and literally the most he does is he buys Ron some candy it's like <laughs> that's it that's all that happens yeah, there's like a thousand opportunities for Harry to be like a decent human being to his best friend, but he's like, I'd rather you guys languish in languish in poverty. Which and he gets so sad. Poverty. Yeah, wild. Just fucking splash up some gold, you idiot. Like, I, anyway, so wild. <laughs> oh, I'm Harry. My parents are like dead. Oh, it's so sad. Like, I can't spend Christmas with them. Meanwhile, Ron gets a rat for Christmas. Yeah, Harry, Harry's part of he the gets wizard his brother's rat. He doesn't even get his own rat. Yeah, it's a hand-me-down rat. Like at least make other people's lives better if you're gonna be fucking. Fuck you. Yeah, though. I so, but circling back, I do think Harry would would manage. I think both of these characters would manage in each other's stories. Yeah, um, I think really I think well. Harry would make the same mistakes that Ophelia does. Like That's he'd fair. steal candy from the. He'd steal food from the. Oh, he absolutely like, would. You know. And I, I yeah. some part of me feels like, unlike Ophelia, who's like, I made a mistake and tells the font. I feel like, I don't know, Harry might lie about it. Not that Harry he's not might like lie, an honest but I also kid, feel like, that yeah, just, I he'd lie know. about it for sure. He'd try to get away with it. I feel like Harry would also kill the baby, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on why that is? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay okay thanks jake <laughs> you're welcome i just i'm trying to you know really bring out all the harry potter stands out there to the forefront of this podcast <laughs> and I, I want i want discourse they're ready to fight both yeah. sides like are ready to fight about it <laughs> <laughs> i guess something I, I just in general want to dig into with you guys a little bit we've touched on it a couple times like what is real what is not in pan's labyrinth the big proclamation the fawn makes at the the end is like, well, you didn't kill the baby, so now you just get to be a loser and don't get to go away to the mystical magical <laughs> land. And then after Ophelia presumably dies, it's like, 
Just kidding. That was a trick to see if you'd kill the baby. I do think the movie plays with this idea in a couple different senses mm-hmm. of like, is what she's seeing real? But then there's also like this additional layer of maybe some of it was, but for example, her, you know, in her dying moments, imagining getting away to the life she wished she could have had. Yeah. Maybe that is just her coping. Like, to like what extent do you guys actually think the events occur as they're, they're seen? What of it is real? What of it is not? Who is to be trusted? Is the Fawn just a, a powerful trickster? It is named Pan's Labyrinth in English, El Labrinto del Fano in yeah. um, Spanish. So it's the Labyrinth of the Fawn in Spanish, which implies mm-hmm. this Fawn, is he Pan? Is he just a, a, a deity in and of himself? Is this yeah. all just this cruel trick? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd like to believe, obviously, I love it when fantastical stories happen like obviously you'll see a lot in this bracket other ones you know the core lines of it all whatever i like to believe it's all real um but there's something really beautifully tragic about because that was my initial reading when i you know first saw this movie where it was all real up until she died and uh she imagined this better world for herself and that was kind of the tragic fate of it all where she could have escaped to her own very real beautiful like reality claimed her like throne did all those things but it would have been a selfish decision because real life is also real and it would have come at the expense of an innocent a newborn uh you know the rebels and all this stuff like a very real cruel things are happening on earth uh and yes she has a choice to escape um but the reality is you know no one person can fully escape their like problems or the stuff that's going on and so i think by sacrificing her like self essentially and being able to save this kid who hopefully can have a better real life than her that's that's the whole good of it all like it's it's because i i feel like the fawn yeah he's a tricky little bitch he's he's kind of like he snaps like a lot and that's the he he's some of the scary parts too i remember as a kid whenever like the fawn would get angry i would get so scared and imagine being that little kid who has to do tasks for him like i'd be no 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 this motherfucker hops out from the shadows and like one of the tasks mm -hmm. is it puts you toe-to-toe with the pale man yeah like mm -mm, (laughs) like scary some like genuinely scary stuff I think maybe this other world is, and they're trying to say with the task of killing the innocent, it's also not as great as it, as mm. it could be, you know, like the reality it, of it is sure. it's just as cruel as our own world. Yeah. Mm. But she just happens to be royalty. So maybe it's quote unquote better for her. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're going to from a non-privileged life and still she was in like kind of a privileged life. I mean, she was like with an officer, like in this like high up place, they were just doing cruel shit. And this other kingdom, you know, whatever was doing, you know, she would have been high up, but they're out here killing babies. Um, Mm. So it's kind of the parallel of both of those. So she, she chose the only path forward. Well, I mean, like the only path morally she felt forward, which was sacrificing herself for an innocent rather than uh, the other way around. Yeah. I think that's a really smart, observation about it uh in like the cruelty of the other world and that she's like looking for this escape but then it ends up being just as cruel and just as awful you guys ever think about what the heck the pale man is and like why he's just like got this palace and why chalk doors lead there because like is that the other world could she have just like gone there and then left the pale man's palace through like the front door and then just like been there (laughs) 
that was another test. She fucked up. <laughs> She's like, how clever this little girl. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in reality, turning what is essentially a joke into a real thought, I do think the pale man is set up to be specifically alluring to mm-hmm. probably desperate people. Um, yeah, I mean, it's human sin. There's gluttony there. There's yeah, exactly. greed. Like, there's, mm-hmm. yeah. Lust. I mean, yeah, you, titties swinging. If you've seen what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, You Matt. brought us back. Alex, you brought no, us back. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, something, I think in both of these films, this just speaks to, I don't know, quality of the storytelling at play a little bit, is... The Spanish Revolution, I think, in a lot of ways, is probably a very, very intentional choice to frame Pan's Labyrinth inside of. Mm-hmm. Um, vague. When would you place Harry Potter? Is it like in the... Isn't it supposed to be in the 80s and 90s? I was going to say like the 80s. Yeah. Like, there is a... Someone did the whole nerd thing where they timelined it out. Timeline, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that feels like it's just kind of like happenstanced, you know? Yeah, a lot of cocaine. I mean, you, you, you scratch the surface of the um, drug use and wizards shits yeah. off the charts, you know. So fears of children, intention for children seems to be a big, big thing on your plate, Alex. Mm. Yeah. How do we how do we what do we make of these two? In my two cents, I think Harry Potter is probably the more child approachable of the two. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth, I think, falls into a bit more of that. Like it may lure a child in um, with a sense of familiarity or not familiarity, but security that this is. Yeah, there's like a whimsy in it. I think in terms of like if you want to just like get into the movies about it, Pan's Labyrinth is very much the fawn, like luring a single child in where like Harry Potter is Hagrid, like bringing all the kids on the boats up to Hogwarts, like. You know, like more, many more children, I feel like, saw Harry Potter than saw Pan's Labyrinth. All that yeah. said, I feel like Pan's Labyrinth, definitely the scarier movie. Um, if a yeah. child saw it, would certainly scare them more than Harry Potter would, I think, um, at a larger range of ages as well. Right. Well, OK, so here's my thing. So, like, with this bracket, if you're if we're going for scariest movie, you know, we could have just pitched like fucking insidious or like scary you know whatever like you know is an actively scary movie this is like scary for kids specifically like childhood fears like movies that scared us like really badly as kids and i do think there's arguments for both of them where i don't think harry potter was actively trying to scare like kids um like obviously like it was meant for like to show that obviously there has to be danger and whatever, but it's like, you know, sp- there's an escape and there's a better world and franchise, I guess. Um, <laughs> but with Pan's Labyrinth, I-, I think it hits at a very specific, like, childhood fear. Like, if a kid does watch it, and I, I agree, like, less kids probably watched Pan's Labyrinth when they were younger. But if a kid does watch it, and Del Toro's very big advocate of, like, you know, he wants his movies to be for everyone, and he uses these mediums because he feels like kids are also, like, warranted, you know, um, audience members, like, it 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 attacks at a very specific childhood fear, like I kind of uh, pointed out when we first brought out uh, Pan's Labyrinth, like, it's it's luring you in, like we said, and, and making you be like, why am I, like, so interested in this fearful world like live like ophelia 
Um, Del Toro didn't make Pan's Labyrinth scare children. Neither did, you know, Chris Columbus when he made Harry Potter. <laughs> but it's a matter of, like, you know, which which one hit at a childhood fear, like, the most, um, or, or the most effectively to us, or that we feel like is the most uh, interesting, I guess. Is that a vote then, Jake? No, that's that was an observation. That was helping us all along yeah, the way. I feel like we got to talk about it a little bit, Alex. I know you're eager, and I know we're. He's always eager. Time, He's but... eager to vote. Alex yeah. just knows. I like to keep it moving, less for me to edit. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good point, though, Jake. And something that I kind of was thinking about of like Harry Potter has kids in it, but it's not a movie that's like about childhood. I feel like Pan's Labyrinth is about childhood hmm. in a more specific way, if that makes sense. In what way? Well, because like Pan's Labyrinth, there's so much bigger stuff going on in the background that is like a very active part of the story. But Ophelia is there for it, but like is also distracted and away from it. So like for me, it very much is like one of the big themes of the movie is about how childhood and innocence exists in this world with so much death and destruction and like the balance and interpulling between those two kind of ideas with Harry Potter. I mean, yeah, he's a kid and yeah, it's a lot of kids in this magic world, but I don't feel like it is about the innocence or like it doesn't, you know, I feel like it's much more a movie about like bravery, standing up for what's right. Magic is cool. Like, I feel like it's, it's, it really doesn't hold weight around like what it means to be a kid uh, I'm just in a not world. sure why that's specifically I don't know I, I guess wh- where where what where's the is it is to you a story being about childhood inherently tie it more to this concept of childhood fear than it would be otherwise I because, think it does because like but children movie... don't necessarily inherently understand childhood until they're out of it you know right like, but I feel like I a feel movie like that's about like how a child fits in the world and like the world around a child. So this is less of like, okay, yeah, did this scare me as a kid? But I feel like this movie is about childhood fear in a way, you know, like it's a totally different conversation, totally different way of thinking about the movies. But like, I don't know. I, I think that holds weight in this conversation. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we purposely put themes into where it's kind of up to our interpretation for a lot of the times you know there's be childhood fears oh shit these scared us as kids let's talk about why or like is this movie kind of about childhood fear and like what does it try to tell and is it like a good depiction of what childhood fear means you know like obviously when we get to the other side of this bracket and you have like a movie like killer clowns they're not talking about like "Mm, what does it mean for a child to be afraid of killer clowns like it's more that shit scared me as a kid um you know so it's just a different way of looking at it i think yeah i suppose that's true matt's like get this conversation out of here i don't fucking care (laughs) i i I just i to me it just it philosophical consistency and all that how i've been voting like it feels totally irrelevant like crossed his wires there are (laughs) themes i think that are really important uh, to pan's labyrinth as a film and make it such a good film um, but I just don't see how that's like specifically relevant, I guess, to how I like. I think being afraid of fear is a pretty smart fear. <laughs> Not to me. The only thing we have left itself. here is uh, spiders. That famous quote. Yeah. By you? Yeah. I just had an old timey, you know, voice when I said it. That's cute. All yeah. Right. Sounds like um, ready to vote, boys. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go first. 
I'll do it. You do. Oh, <gasps> shit. Well, he said you, and I can't see his face right now, so I'm assuming he's talking about me. Remember, this is narcissistic Hermione doing this podcast, so I'm, uh, it's going to be me. Uh, and even though I'm narcissistic Hermione, I'm going to vote for Pants Labyrinth here. No explanation either. Get fucked, audience. You're going to have to sit on that shit. Matt, how about you? In spite of Alex's reasoning nearly <laughs> completely pushing me away from the idea of it, um, I do think that Pan's Labyrinth is like that luring a child into that false sense of security, um, I think plays a really, really big role. Um, and I think Pan's Labyrinth does that piece of it more effectively than Harry Potter's whimsical approach to it. So I'm voting for Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, and that makes three of us. I'm also voting for Pan's Labyrinth. I think something that I was getting at in my my comment earlier that i don't think i articulated well i think like the movie very much being about childhood and innocence is part of what draws children into it like i don't think a child would necessarily realize that that's why but i Mm -hmm. think a child would like the tone of it the like the the vibe that it gives off by theming itself around that i think is part of what draws children in yeah also voting for pan's labyrinth all right that's a queen sweep baby Pan's Labyrinth advances to our childhood fears finale. Jumping to the other side of this bracket, though, Alex, you want to go ahead and introduce Coraline? Yeah, we're going with Google this time. While exploring her <laughs> new home, a girl named Coraline, parentheses Dakota Fanning, end parentheses, discovers a secret door behind which lies an alternate world that closely mirrors her own, but in many ways is better. She rejoices in her discovery until other mother, Terry Hatcher, and the rest of her (laughs) parallel family try to keep her there forever. Coraline must use all her resources and bravery to make it back to her own family and life. Uh, Released in 2009, directed by Henry Selleck. Nice. Great movie. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Jake? You want to reintroduce killer clowns from outer space? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, And it's real intellectual pursuits. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, we have up next Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, uh, what what characters? Who is this? This is Bimby, the background clown that doesn't get to talk at all. None of them do, but I guess this one had speaking lines in the script and they just X'd it out of the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this film is in 1988. It's directed by Steven Chiodo, who uh, has a daytime Emmy. Um, (laughs) I just thought that was a fun, you know, whatever. Uh, this is when teenagers, you know, Mike and Debbie, they see a comet crash outside uh, of their makeout point in their small town, and they investigate to see a pack of murderous clowns who are, uh, you know, we could assume are aliens. They could have flown in from Chicago. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it basically is, is just a story about a bunch of clowns invading this small town, wanted to eat them and kill them and all this stuff for funsies to serve their queen king entity, big, big clowny. And, um, is that the clown's actual name or did you just make that up? No, he made no that up. but big clowny. Yeah. <laughs> we should have that, deceived him. We should have gone that we, we read the novelization. <laughs> we, we read <laughs> This is based on an Edgar Allan Poe short. Um, yeah, no, it's a, just a fun romp. Cult classic 80s movie. Scared the fucking bejeebus out of me as a kid. And, you know, wouldn't be lying or I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little spooked uh, about Killer Clowns now. Because that's scary. I'm. This is like a really hard matchup for me. And this might be like really weird, you know, because I love both these movies. And I was terrified at some point in time of both of these movies but 
I'm trying to pick my brain and I'm just, I, I like on this podcast, I like sharing out my thoughts to my, to my confidants here in uh, Matthew and Alex. Um, mm. My thought process right now and leading up to this matchup was when I was scared of Coraline, it was because I was reading the book before the movie came out. The book and the concept scared me a lot. When I saw it finally as a movie, it was still like scary. Like it, it's it is scary, but I thought it was more like, oh, I'm so blown away by how like cool this looks and seeing it like on screen. Killer Clowns just scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Uh, <laughs> is it a better movie than Coraline? I don't know. I feel like you know, for certain audiences, they may enjoy it more than Coraline. It's very you know different of a tone. But I'm trying to like do this thing because obviously we're talking about movies. We're not talking about the concept of Coraline or the concept of clowns. You know, like I recently went to the Killer Clowns like haunted maze at Hollywood Horror Nights and that scared me. That doesn't count here. Uh, it's not the movie. Wow, this dude's bragging. I bet you had um, <laughs> uh, fast passes too to all the houses. Yeah, I had some sugar daddy pay for the fast passes. <laughs> he was also on the trip. Um, can't say his name, but it rhymes with Matthew. Um, <laughs> but like, do you do you guys see where like I'm getting at here? Like, I'm just kind of yeah. like I'm. That's mm-hmm. kind of where my brain's at right now, and I just wanted. to Say it out loud. See if you guys had any thoughts about it or help me pick my see brain it about feels. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this matchup's really interesting in the sense that Coraline has more like a that lulling you in atmosphere that Pan's Labyrinth does. Mm-hmm. Um, Killer Clowns has instances and moments that are just probably more outright frightening. Like if you're a kid watching people get literally killed on screen. <laughs> yeah that that's pretty intense um, yeah it is uh so if you you know I, I i empathize finding your way to people you know i bet you never trusted another clown in your life jake <laughs> i if surely did before yeah well, explains you know. why you would never accept my free popcorn i would offer you yeah yeah, yeah you did <laughs> maybe it's baby clowns that are gonna burst from your chest <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's kind of where i'm coming at it from because like, yeah, I agree that you need to separate them from the, the book and just like clowns in general and from Halloween Horror Nights and all that. As a kid, watching these, these movies, I didn't see either of these movies as a kid. They both would have scared me. <laughs> right. Um, I think if I had been sat down in a room and it's just me on a couch and a TV and these movies are on the TV, I am watching Coraline through. <laughs> I don't think I would finish Killer Clowns. And I, it's not because I think it was too scary. I think I would not have wanted to watch the movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's so not my vibe. I wouldn't have even gotten to the scary parts. So, like, for me, you know, yeah, this is all, this is, at the end of the day, the childhood fears bracket. Like, it's things that scared us. But I do think quality of movie factors into it and i know you guys like killer clowns a lot um yeah i I, unironically think it's a great movie like i think that factors into things too you know sure it's interesting because like on paper it's like all kids are different obviously we're not here to generalize kids and their experiences we're just no one kid one mega kid we're one mega kid and it is the clown at the end mega kid hive mind um and we're just like a pool of three people who watch stuff as kids and it's clear like even or didn't or Or didn't didn't that's the thing like and we have like (laughs) these camps of like 
I feel like on paper, there should be two types of kids, you know, kids who watched the Coralines, obviously get scared and kids who went out of their way to watch shit like killer clowns um, when they were a kid. And well, okay, but what about what about me who didn't watch either, Jake? Or me and Matthew who <laughs> watched both, you know? <laughs> so it's it's kind of tricky because it's it, it is a matter of preference and and taste of, of these movies. But like I will say there is something special to me about being a kid and watching something you have no business watching. Like those first couple of movies where like you you are a kid and you just sneak watching your first like movie that you probably shouldn't have watched and then all of a sudden it scarred you. You know what I mean? Like for me that's also childhood fears. I mean it's kind of like mm. Pan's Labyrinth it's kind of, you know, childhood thing to do, you know. Yeah, it's like a it's a rite of passage for me. Like that's the like I I saw something I clearly wasn't prepared for and then I kept coming back to him because I was like I guess I'm in it. Um and Killer Clowns really embodies that for me as like I I snuck watching this film Shouldn't have watched it. Scared the absolute ever-loving fuck out of myself to where I had, like, a clown reoccurring dream, you know, <laughs> over and over. And, like, that that's, like, cool to me. Like, that's, I mean, I'm reflecting as a kid. I'm like, you stupid fucking, don't watch that. But if we're crowning I, a childhood fears, I feel like that's, like, speaks volumes. I think that's a really, really good point. And not a shared experience that everyone has. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that, like... I know like a lot of people my parents age that had that experience with the exorcist, for example. And, you know, it's sort of probably similar to what I experienced watching War of the Worlds, what you experienced watching Killer Clowns. And I think they're what it, I experienced watching The Lion King. <laughs> um, and, and it normally creates like one of two paths of like either you're going to like continue down this path of spooky or you're going to be like, no, not for me. I think that is like a big touchstone in determining your, your flavor of childhood fear. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, re- I really, really like that point. Yeah. I guess that's totally Thanks, true. Matthew. There is like a, cause you know, there's the stereotype of like kids at a sleepover who like sneak a scary movie and like watch a horror movie or something. And sometimes yeah. you watch SpongeBob and saw two and it reformats your <laughs> <laughs> five-year-old brain. Yeah. And killer clowns was that movie for you. Yeah. I mean, one of them. I had plenty, but I, I was a weirdo with movies, you know, <laughs> fair, fair. I guess that's it's still something that's tough, though, is that I think Coraline does the like lulling you into another world just so, so, so well. it's so effective. Um, it, it, and then there's part of me that's like, if I'm going to vote for something as that, like, turning point childhood fear of like, I watched something I shouldn't as a kid and this like really deeply affected me, created fears for years or X, Y, and Z. It's just killer clowns. Isn't, I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's that movie for me. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking of like, yeah, Jake, that, that is what, this is one of the movies that did that for you. But like, is this the movie that people watched? Like, is this the one that like made people scared as a kid? Like, I think, people saw it you know and were scared of it but like you guys talked about that it was like mostly a failure and it has recently gotten this cult status right so like is this the movie that people saw that scared them as kids or were they watching like the exorcist or like paranormal activity or like things like that you know i still think there's probably plenty of people that saw this as a kid and that may contribute to its Mm -hmm. current popularity as people like jake who i don't know saw it on dvd as a 10 year old and they're like 
damn, that was crazy, dude. And now they're older. It's like returning to an old friend you can joke yeah. with that used to beat you up in elementary wait. school. <laughs> no, wait, I, I, I need to stop saying yeah in the middle of Matthew's sentences is what I've learned. <laughs> Some fucking bully Maguire shit going on. Like, geez. Um, I, I mean, I, I suppose that's a good point. But for me, when I saw Coraline and I think credit to like its success i also don't think that movie scared a lot of kids i think it made them like oh my god like these spooky like paranorman you know like it's okay but also worth considering horror is a line came out when we were 11 and 12 years old i think Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily think seeing killer clowns at 11 or 12 years old would have scared us the same way you know when how old were you when you saw yeah. killer clowns like five or six you know like what a difference that makes I right no idea like same for me like we talked about last week with scooby-doo like i saw scooby-doo when i was probably like two years old maybe so like of course it was gonna scare me um i think like age and context are important in these situations sure sure but childhood i mean childhood does extend you know right to 11 but i think 12, like, like you, you have still to think of the child. context of when you saw these movies because if you saw killer clowns when you were five and you saw Coraline when you're 12 like i think if you saw killer clowns when you were 12 you probably thought it would have been fun and awesome and funny you wouldn't necessarily have been scared of it well i saw it about 13 years old and i was like hell yeah dude because it's basically yeah, like a exactly. lot of it is just like a montage of sick kills yeah what i will say Matthew's though, not a good pooling for childhood so. <laughs> common, common, that is true that is i just want to say like i don't think <laughs> so that is also a great point Jake. <laughs> if you're it, i i mean i watched all the saw movies on the side of um Anyway, uh, commonsensemedia.org has a kids kids reviews like parents section for Coraline. We could get into some of them, um, but there is no entry for Killer Crowns from Outer Space, which maybe that means is so scary. They don't even think they no kids have ever seen Killer Clowns. (laughs) (laughs) No child. I'm the only one. I am proud. I am. Yeah, that okay, but Matt, you gotta think about internet context. When that's when when that website made, do you think kids nowadays are watching killer clowns? Or do you think it's like it was an old VHS tape or DVD that we had as kids that you guys ended up watching, you know? I'm confused now. Are you on <laughs> whose side are you on, Alex? I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm playing both fields. On mine. That's fair, that's fair. I will say these reviews from parents seem to repeatedly rate the movie as like one star because they're like it scared my yeah. kids as old as 16 which is for, i mean what, Coraline? For Coraline, Coraline. yeah and they're like my 16 year old was terrified and they're like this title has too maybe much maybe it like, was they were terrified and they're using their kid as like an like an adult <laughs> like they don't even have children they're just like i was scared but actually yeah, Coraline <laughs> Coraline is in the adult fears bracket yeah i just i i don't um, know it, it's hard for me because i feel like with so much Coraline and i guess it's just me as a as a as whatever kid i was in my relationship with horror and all this stuff by the time i was watching Coraline, i was just like i i felt like horror the horror elements of like Coraline served as a backdrop to show you how like beautiful and amazing and fantastical they could be not as like outwardly scary there were definitely scary points like the what the taffy ladies in the other world are pretty damn scary that like one scare like the 
and the Mr. Bobinski made of Mr. Bobinski made of rats. Like, yeah. But something about that, like That's maybe this is weird, fucking fucked up Jake childhood brain. But I was like, ooh, with that. But when I did read the book of it, I was terrified and I was younger. So I guess maybe that's the that's the caveat. Well, and I think I mean worth considering too. Like Coraline is not a horror movie, right? Like it's a yeah. action adventure. Like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's like a backdrop. Like it's like you know, Killer Clowns is a horror movie. So like yeah, the horror elements aren't going to be the same vibe because mm-hmm. it's just like it's a different genre. The Okay, sorry. I'm falling down the rabbit hole of these common sense media.org reviews of Coraline. <laughs> the number of people that are rating it like badly for kids saying there's too much sex in it and then remarking <laughs> about the the um the two actress ladies um and the fact that they're nearly nude really sets some parents huh. off. That's insane to me. <laughs> huh. So, absolute psycho take. <laughs> like wild wow absolutely wild i wish there were reviews of killer clowns dude imagine that god that would be oh my god (laughs) i sat my kid down to watch an innocent (laughs) a movie about clowns that i love oh my gosh i mean i will be showing my kid killer clowns from outer space and i do hope they get scarred that's fair i mean you're gonna show your kids the saw movies right well yeah it's a right passage I'm going to adopt them out <laughs> if they uh, don't like it. I believe him. I think it's this is just so tough because I get Alex's point on like context matters. And, you know, on some level, the co- idea of context matters of when we see these movies is hugely instrumental in how we're going to vote. Like the little part of me that wants to vote as consistently as possible finds it really tough because we're essentially voting on like a subjective topic. Is this movie scary? Right. Um, you know, like would it scare a child? And unless we saw them as kids, it's on some level hard to say. And that is also colored by our own fears. You know, it's like, um, like monsters Inc, you know, like <laughs> they need to know how to best scare the child. Each kid's got like different things mm-hmm. that set them off, yes. you know, clowns for Jake. If Jake hadn't seen Tim Curry as it. Yeah. Maybe he would be mm. chummy with the clowns. He would have saw this movie and been like, you know what? This is aspiration. Yeah, I would. I would have been Hong Kong honking a horn. To be a clown. Yeah. yeah, and then different life path. He would be on the 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 tough. Clown I would have been. Podcast. I would have been uh, <laughs> uh, one of those. You can't ask me where I was in 2016 or whatever <laughs> when the clown uh, epidemic when the, the happened. Sc- the scary clown. Thing ask me happened. where I was. Where were also, you? Also, audience. Uh, if you had an encounter with a scary clown that year let us know because i've yet to meet a real person that's actually there's a really funny tweet that that was like all right now that we're all grown and years have passed who was dressing up as those clowns (laughs) like like let's just all (laughs) let's just come out and and say who it was you know at this point yeah that's what i want to know i think there were actually some on marina's campus like there actually were i mean she went to like a huge state school so. they like pretended that there was a sighting on tulane and i remember everyone running out of the dorms in an ex- exodus trying to find them yeah yeah one, baseball one of my fr- there was a yeah there was a fake one at my friend's university and they got together with like weapons dude mob mentality is like, real people people went hunting clown hunting was it's, a thing yeah it's absurd to me that it's like we're gonna beat this man <laughs> <to death. laughs> Again, uh, Matthew like is not like a good tire, like, indicator for her. <laughs> hey, I did not join the mob looking for the clown. I he was went on not his own with a rifle. 
<laughs> I did kill the clown. I didn't try to kill the There's clown. There's a reason we didn't dead. see any on Tulane campus. <laughs> I shot yeah, him dead, God. dude. <laughs> anyway, we're way off topic. Yeah. Um, uh, childhood we, fears. What are we... Where are we at? I know it's tough. How you guys feel? <laughs> All right, that's it. That's Jake's vote. vote. Matt, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and time for me. Squilch. And those were all clown sounds. So Killer Clowns will be moving on <laughs> to the finals. It, it is it is tough. Um, but I do think I have a vote if you guys are ready and willing. I think I'm ready. I think I can be willing. So for me... Jake, start us off. Yeah, I'll start us off. Um, I fucking love Coraline, but I think I love it too much. And my goggles are saying that it less scary, more I enjoy this. Not because it's scary, but because it's fantastical. And Killer Clowns, when I think of it, I'm like, I was fucking terrified. And now I get to laugh at it. And I think that's kind of a beautiful thing about childhood fears. So I think the more beautiful evolution of a childhood fears and its bracket, um, I'm going to go with Killer Clowns here. Yeah, I think like, think about it for me. I think as a kid, I probably was more likely to have seen Coraline than Killer Clowns. Uh, I think both would have scared me. But I think, I think at the end of the day... I got to go with Coraline here. As the enlightened Zeta male that saw both of these films yeah. when I was younger. Retweet, retweet. And was scared of neither of them. Yeah, because, ooh, fun kills. You fucking Because they can't all be Saw. Yeah, exactly. Um, or War of the World, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and neither of these films scared me as a child. Um. <laughs> Voting here is very tough because I, I, I think it's the case of like, I know people that were scared of Coraline as a kid, like plenty of kids. Killer Clowns, I think some of it's just a popularity thing. I'm sure there's plenty of those same kids. If I'd showed them Killer Clowns, it would have blown their little Imagine minds. being invited to Matthew's house. And he's like, I want to show <laughs> you a movie. And he traps you in his fucking basement <laughs> and makes you watch Saha and uh, Killer bl- Clowns back to back as a double bl- feature. Blown their little a double off. feature. Honestly, double features in my my place growing up were kind of sick. Where was the invite though? I would have come. Yeah, where's where was the invite though, Matt? Uh, it would have been coming fifteen years later. Um, I it seeing as I can't vote for um Ernest Scared Stupid in this bracket. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Coraline here. Coward! I'm kidding. I'm sorry. That was a that was a gut reaction. That's on me. Sorry. <laughs> I think it it hits similar to the the vote that I made for Harry Potter in the first matchup. It is a, both a better movie, and I I think that that the way it's going to pull a kid into it um, is a lot more effective. I could see a kid chickening out of killer clowns before the movie even really gets going, which would just be a travesty. Yeah. You know, that's why you got to force them to come over. To that's your why you tie them to them the in the chair. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, lot clockwork orange style. Really? Mm. You got to feed horror movie content to your children. I might as I might. I'm going to have a sure. weird kid if I ever have a kid. Imagine. Yeah, you got to be like Santa Fuck that asshole. We got Krampus. Oh, here. that's a great movie. Krampus is going to steal how can I, you. Can, how no, can I get Krampus into a bracket? That's what I'm going to. Um, it, I love Krampus, so it might just end up in a bracket. You guys remember how in New Orleans we looked up crew of Krampus and tried to find a Krampus parade? Yeah. Yeah. For Krampuslauf? Krampuslauf. All right. With that, <laughs> we're, 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 we're getting, we're, we're edging off topic. With that, Coraline advances. So our finale for Childhood Fears is going to be Pan's Labyrinth versus Coraline. Um, again, human stories just seem to rhyme. 
if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the show on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts, mm-hmm. any of the above. And remember, we do expect you to pay, but we only accept Cole's cash now. That's a new tender we're mm-hmm. doing. We're doing Cole's cash only for our premium content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you're looking for some premium content, we are down bad for mm-hmm. some Kohl's cash. The holiday season is coming up, <laughs> and we know the best place to to shop and use that in-store cash is going to be Kohl's. If you don't see this ad disclosed, it means we're breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, uh, make sure to get your honorable mentions in. If you're listening to this, uh, we will yes. be posting for yeah. honorable mentions. What what movie scared the bejeebus out of you as a kid? I want to know. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure there are going to be some. Yeah, I, I think there's yeah. going to be like spirit, the horse. <laughs> yeah. If you have a cringe childhood fear you don't want us to talk about on the show, then don't send it to us at Tough Cut Pod on social media. We're on all of your favorites. So you can not send your honorable mm-hmm. mentions to us if you don't nice. want us to talk. Really about good. Them. They're totally going to they're totally <laughs> going to do it. Get the, hit them with that reverse psychology. Oh, yeah. Exactly. If you enjoyed today's episode, who should they share it with? Share it with someone who was affected by the killer clowns a couple years ago. Whether they were a clown, mm-hmm. hunted clowns, or got stabbed. Yeah, yeah. share it with someone you know they... who got stabbed. <laughs> just in yeah, general, just, just a they, they might need, they're, they're recovering in the hospital and they need something to really perk them up. A couple of laughs from the boys at the Tough Cut, basically guaranteed. It's really, it's medicine. I take it every day that I record and sometimes listen to us outside of it. Yeah. Who needs doctors when you have the Tough Cut podcast? The Tough Cut podcast a day keeps the clown. That hits away. a little too hard. I don't have health insurance. <laughs>